When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. We're on a road show with Hale Bar City Radio back here at uh, Millard West. Big thanks to the folks for letting us broadcast on site today. It's Legion Baseball that gets going at 5 as uh, the Fighting Remax Silverhawks back in action right now. Juniors out in right field playing and catch. I'll back away. We're streaming live. That frightened Elijah as I leaned in and got a little close to the camera. You can find us on Eskin's Facebook feed, also ESPN Lincoln's Twitter handle. And uh, we are loaded up today. Elijah Herbal is back from umping yesterday. Phenomenal day uh, for being outdoors, doing baseball, a little golf perhaps if you're into it. But uh, 70s and sunny. No rain in the forecast, and uh, we are good to go in hour one. We'll spend some time with uh, Husker historian, author, Hall of Famer, Mike Babcock. will join us from Hale Varsity. Golf on our mind, Mike Schuhart will tell the tale of the time he took down an alligator. Kind of kidding, uh, but some uh, hilarity ensuing down in Florida on a golf course with someone trying to putt an Elvis uh, Crockett's gator making sure that didn't happen. That uh, on the way, Shuey coming up. In hour two, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, a, a Monday turned into Wednesday since we were off. So Coach McBride in hour two, Mitch Sherman from The Athletic will join us in hour two. Numbers to get in at 466 Give us a find and follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And can always email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. You want to check us out on Facebook. You can uh, put some comments out there either on Twitter or Facebook, ESPN, Lincoln's feed, and be part of the fun on broadcast. Elijah, you are grinning ear to ear. Uh, What's that about? Are you just happy that it's already... uh, Hump day. Happy it's already Wednesday. Happy to be here back in studio, back on the live stream. And uh, we got Salt Dogs baseball coming tonight. It's been a few days off for me for that. So it's just great day all around and a great night at Umpen last night, too. So combine all those things together. The Avs got a huge win over the Edmonton Oilers. Like, life just doesn't get better than this. Well, in, in the NHL playoffs this year, don't worry, we'll get to football. <laughs> we'll get to some. We'll get to some uh, some other sports. And I love hockey. I just don't know hockey like Elijah does. But you've had higher scoring, right? Mm-hmm. It's on the ESPN platform, and you've had higher scoring. So you've had a bit of a. Listen, your, your diehard hockey fans are going to love it. The playoffs are incredible. It's really, quite honestly, second to none. I mean, playoff hockey is incredible. 
but you've had some offense. You cut out on us there for a second. I, I did. Uh, I have put a quarter in the machine, and and it's supposed to, to be working. Are we better now? Yes. Or are we going to have technical gremlins all day? Okay. What I was saying is you've got a better platform with ESPN broadcasting the NHL, and you have, uh, of course, which is uh, pretty good uh, for the NHL. Yeah. and, and uh, one, Big weekend for Nebraska. I'll just say well, one thing about the, the, the playoff hockey we've seen this year is it's, uh, I mean, some elite offensive teams still in the uh, in the West. You have some of the best goalkeepers in the game in the East, so it's going to be like a tale of two different conferences, and it's going to be fun to see that matchup. And I'm excited to see what ESPN does with the Stanley Cup Finals as well because it's been on NBC for so long. they they got to have a new commentary team and all that. I, I'm We were saying we're, we're going to get to football eventually, and I think we're just about to transition there, but hockey this year has been good. Now, I've been uh, appreciating NHL this year more than NBA, actually. Well, I'll, I will dive into the NBA Finals. Babbers is wearing his Sharunas Marshall Otis jersey, uh, his throwback Warriors jersey. So we'll get his take on, on his Warriors against the Celtics. Football we go, and uh, just a monster weekend for Nebraska with Friday Night Lights. Uh, plenty of, of fanfare for Nebraskans. And uh, you have a, a high level of in-state prospects, uh, one specifically with Malachi Coleman, uh, top target uh, in the state, Mav Noonan also there. And uh, you have Knudsen, of course, from Scotts Bluff, three big, uh, highly talented kids that Nebraska is going to put the full-court pressure on to, to get them uh, to sign on the dotted line. Benji Nagoy, I should say Benny. Benny's taking a trip to Washington this weekend. So he's going to kind of continue to pursue that, but all sorts of in-state options. We'll spend some time with Mitch Sherman. Fisher, he was, I don't want to say accosted. <laughs> no one accosts Jimbo, but we'll say cornered at the SEC spring meetings. Uh, some thoughts from Jimbo here in a moment. Uh, when we talk about Nebraska and what lies ahead for 2022, uh, he Stakes are high, uh, that goes without saying, because of uh, Scott Frost going into year five, the restructured contract, the lightening of the schedule. Uh, you, that doesn't guarantee a thing. Nebraska able to, to, to be in every game last year but not get the win in, in many of them. That needs to change this year with a perceived lighter schedule. There's really... Uh, no days off in the Big Ten. And, and then you factor in uh, the way you kick off with a team that's been a thorn, aside from last year, Northwestern in Ireland, with the, the pressure cooker really cranked up to succeed. You've revamped or you've restaffed. You've gone 15 deep with Portal or, or Juco and additions. So you better pray that this summer is all about a gaining knowledge, understanding what uh, what what wants to be done on offense, but chemistry is going to be so key. Guys transfer Elijah for a couple of reasons: a) they want to play, b) they want to win, right? And can you can you find your role, thrive at it, and then be a part of a bigger picture without stomping around because well, it didn't work out like I thought it would, and this is why I transferred. You don't want any locker room disruptions. And then you factor in NIL, who's 
who's driving the new caddy and who's driving the uh, the duct taped uh, Pinto. Kidding, no one drives Pintos anymore. But you get my point. With uh, with with hopefully there's no jealousy, right? But human nature is human nature. So chemistry going to be so key on field, off field for this uh, football program. And and a guy that's on the cover of the. Uh, newly released Hale Varsity yearbook Garrett Nelson's going to have a lot to say about this team, this chemistry, and how they all move forward with the uh, the right foot uh, in unison uh, to to be better on field, off field, and uh, and get and win some of those football games. Uh, Want to get your thoughts though on uh, what is been written here by Tom Fernelli, CBS Sports College Football. And you have Nebraska right now, plus 1,800 to win the Big Ten. That's according to Caesars Sportsbook. It sounds kind of like an intriguing long shot. 80-1 to took down the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Some of us are still smiling at the person that pulled the trigger on that and, and, and made a lot of money. Tom Fernelli says it's not just a long shot. But it's a bad bet. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's not just, hey, it could happen. You can talk yourself into it. He just, he throws the gauntlet down and says, no, no, it's, that's a bad bet. And, you know, history says Nebraska's found a way to get in their own way. But do you agree with me? This is a different Nebraska. Same head guy, but a different Nebraska. I can agree with that, but I can also agree with Tom Fernelli in that taking Nebraska plus 1,800 to win the Big Ten is an awful, awful bet. Uh, if you're going to be looking to play it anyway, I'm not Danny Burke. I'm not Danny Burke. I don't pretend to be. But if you're going to look at this We will talk thing, to Danny Burke. Bad, 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 or intriguing long shot on Thursday. We'll get our VEASAN fix coming up, but, if, but you're if right. If you're going to take I mean, anything, take Big Ten West crown. That's maybe reasonable. That one, the, the odds are there where you can sure. go. I, I could see somebody talk themselves into that. But to win the Big Ten, that's, that's not happening. Here's what I'm saying, though. And, and just walk with me on, on the why maybe we go with the long shot versus the bad bet take. You have Wisconsin at home, mm-hmm. right? They, they have not had quarterback play beat you, right? It, it's been special teams. You did pretty well shredding their defense last year, except you had no answer for their 6'2", 250-pound reincarnation of Dan Alexander carving you up. Nebraska Nebraska could put 10 in the box, and Wisconsin would still run for 200 on them because that's, that, that's what's happened against Nebraska here the last several meetings. That's how Wisconsin's won tight games. That's how Wisconsin's won blowouts. Or if it's been tight uh, due to turnovers, uh, uh, special teams. Crookshank, right? That guy has done it to you twice, once for Rutgers, once for, for Wisconsin with a, with a punt return to, to seize and steal momentum. So I think this is a year that Wisconsin may be gettable, assuming you sure up in run defense. Minnesota has had your number. Uh, they did everything in their power to go on autopilot in the second half a season ago on offense, and you couldn't punch it in inside the five multiple times. Uh, does does it change because you get them at home? It, it should. It should mean something. I don't know if it will, but you feel better, theoretically, if 
You get him in Lincoln. Iowa's going to be Iowa. You played pretty well there. I think it's a lot to ask to go 3-0. and But the, the time is now to go 2-1. and uh, And then you, you just navigate and handle your business against the rest of the West. Uh, you figure out Purdue. You've done well in, in West Lafayette. And then you clearly get off on a great start and win over an Ireland or don't come back. And then, hey, uh, you, you figure out where you're at against Michigan. Your November sucks, but by then you should have a little bit of hay in the barn uh, for postseason anyway. And then let's see how things shake out uh, with the West. There's my thoughts, right? There's the West. But- That's how it can happen. That's how it can happen. But all this off-field, on-field chemistry and conglomeration along with new staff needs to be seamless that that's that's a bigger ask that everything hits michigan state style to a t well and here's the thing is you've laid out a great path for nebraska to go win the big 10 west make it to the conference title game but then nebraska is going up against the big dog of the east and when was the last time the big 10 west won a big 10 crown they haven't. They haven't. Exactly. It's exactly what I'm saying here. And Nebraska is, I think, overall either one in five or two in five in conference title games. You would know better than me. Um, and the last they time they won one was '99. That's a lance. Yeah, we're going on. Yeah, I mean, the the conference title championship, conference championship is that that anniversary is now 21, going on 22 years. It was Crouch and the gang and. In, in, 99. They lost in 96. They lost in 06, 05, no, 06 to Oklahoma. They lost uh, to Oklahoma in 2010. They lost to Texas in 09. And then Wisconsin did naughty things to them in 2012. So, I, so I, yeah, I, you're, you, I look at all those things. The conference like, title game's not been good. Could Nebraska go out this season and win the West? I'd still put it as unlikely, but possible. The chances to me that they go win the Big Ten championship. I mean, if they lose to Michigan during the regular season, it's a good chance then Michigan would be in the conference title game or Ohio State, one of those two big dogs. And if you go beat Michigan, mm-hmm. chances are they're not going to make the conference title game. So now you're talking Ohio State or Penn State or one of the big dogs from the East. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, eh, I'm kind of with Fernelli here. Listen, the you, you've, 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 beaten, you've beaten Penn State okay, recently. You were a bad punt away from beating Michigan State, went 11-2. and two. You lost by 9 or 10 to, to Ohio State last year. You had a really good defense, and some guys that are in the NFL now helped you hang around that game. And you could have, should have, would have Michigan. So on its face, your last recency moments against those East powers, you've been right there. You just need to make the play. You need to get better quarterback play. You need to get better uh, running uh, with your with your backs and your offensive line. Uh, and you need your defense to at least maintain, if not excel, uh, a step further. Let's uh, switch gears and hear from Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo is at SEC SEC Spring Media Session, and we heard from Saban yesterday. Here's old Jimbo on, well... <laughs> Uh, where they're at with Bama and NIL. 
We all had a lot of dialogue. Probably since I mean, I've been here, but I've been also been in the ACC meeting for all those years when I was a head coach. One of the best dialogues as far as a group of coaches with, with everyone speaking and having opinions that I've been around, one of the best ones we had because everybody knows the pressing issues. But we had dialogue. If we had an opinion, we had an opinion. I mean, you know, we all discussed things very professionally in the right way. Did you clear the air, though, with him? Did you speak to him directly about what you accused him of? We spoke very in the beginning, and he's what he accused us of. You know, both things. We said it, it's over with. We're done talking about it and what happens, and we're moving on to the future, what goes on, and try to fix the problems of what we have in college football. We're a lot more pressing needs than our arguments. So you said that directly. We're, we're, we're done. This is over. We're moving on. Yeah, we're moving on to do what we got. I have no problem. Jimbo, with that sense, but two weeks have gone by. Do you uh, uh, look back? Do you regret anything you said? No, I mean, things are said, and what he says, what we say. I mean, it moves on. We're, we're moving on to the next thing. All right, Jimbo's moving on. He sounded uh, irritated he had to talk about it again, but they're uh, both on the same page. Mike Babcock's next to Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hail Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. Hail Varsity Roadshow out here at uh, Millard West. Wildcat Baseball taking some infield. The Southwest Remax Silverhawks in the dugout. They haven't quite gone through a bucket of seeds yet, but they are working on it. Pretty funny here from uh, Drinkowitz, Missouri's coach, uh, says the coaches were seated in alphabetical order by school when it comes to the SEC spring meetings. And he says the pirate Mike Leach is not a quiet talker. Uh, That means he's loud. He worried that Leach was going to get him into trouble. It's like you're sitting in class next to your buddy and uh, you start chatting about something, and and then the teacher stares you down. We will talk to the pirate about his, uh, his you know, he was losing his mind being in, in those meetings. He had to put on a collared shirt and sit down and, and give his input to the college football playoff and scheduling. We, uh, we welcome in Mike Babcock, historian, author, Hall of Famer. Babbers, uh, did you ever get anybody in trouble being too loud when it was uh, meeting time? Uh, some of the different meetings you've had to sit in, or were you quiet and, and attentive, my friend? I think I was quiet and attentive, um, very much so. I, I would add, very much so. Oh, I didn't really have much so to say. You were never a problem, never fun. asked to leave. <laughs> no, nobody <laughs> ever asked me to leave. Um, I was good. I... That's good. I would have, I would have put money on that. Mike, uh, the odds of Nebraska winning the Big Ten, uh, Big Ten, not West, but Big Ten. You have Tom Fernelli of CBS looking at the plus eighteen hundred number for Nebraska, and 
he says that's not just a long shot. That's a bad bet. Have you done the exercise yet as you've looked at the schedule and and gone through and talked yourself into ways Nebraska can be in the Big Ten championship game, or have you gotten that far yet in, the, in this offseason? Well, no, I probably haven't gotten that far. I mean, I, I think that the – you know, most people are probably looking at it and saying, well, you know, the Huskers could start 4-1 and one, um, before they have to, you know, they go to Ireland, got to beat Northwestern, mm-hmm. and then you got four home games. Um, is that right? Am I saying that right? Yeah, you got four home games um, before you go on the road again. Uh, one of those home games is Oklahoma. I think that that's the uncertainty one for people. So they're looking at us like four and one. They might not beat Oklahoma, but if they do, you know, they could be five and zero oh, uh, going on the road to Rutgers. And then you go the next week. You go to Purdue, and then you come back for two two games. So I think people that are willing to look past the next game, which for me would be right now, worry about beating Northwestern, and then you can worry about beating North Dakota, and then you can worry about beating Georgia Southern and go that route. Um, if, if, if you're willing to go beyond that attitude, you probably feel pretty good about the Huskers getting off to a good start. Um, and you build up some momentum so that uh, even when you go on the road for the second time, uh, you would have the momentum of at least four wins. Again, I'm not speaking for myself necessarily, but that's kind of the attitude I see here is that, uh, well, maybe you won't beat Oklahoma, but maybe you will, you know, because of the changes there. So what if you beat Oklahoma and then you beat Indiana? Um, you're 5-0 and going to uh, Rutgers. And what kind of momentum have you built up? So I think that there's that – I think that's the mentality right now is that Nebraska can get off to a great start because of the four consecutive home games and then two road games and then two more home games. And actually, what you play three of your final five on at home. So, um, I think it's it's if there is a chance for Nebraska to get into the Big Ten championship game, the schedule probably is about as good as you're going to get in terms of where you play the games. But again, I think you have to look at it as can you beat Northwestern, and then let's look ahead after that to North Dakota and just take a one game at a time. Mike Babcock's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Mike, if Nebraska were to make the Big Ten championship game, which side of the ball do you think is going to be the, the side that's doing the heavy lifting? I mean, I, I know a lot of teams and a lot of coaches will come into a preseason saying, oh, we, we want to be balanced, we want to have the good offense, the good defense, and it rarely works out that way. You usually have the strengths on one side of the ball helping to, to alleviate the weaknesses on the other side of the ball. So if Nebraska does have a successful season, say they go 10-2 and two and 11-1, and one, which side of the ball do you think we're going to get to the end of the season uh, and be uh, – I, I guess uh, appreciative of their efforts to get Nebraska to that point because Schmidt gave me a weird look there when I said ten and two or eleven and one. But that's probably what it's going to take for them to make the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, I, you know, and I don't <laughs> going to get to that point. Well, there's still divisions, <laughs> <laughs> but but if but if if they do have success, I think it's boy. You know, that's a tough question because you, now you got a new offensive coordinator, you got a new quarterback. You're making adjustments there. You're trying to get establish an offensive line that can get the job done. So are you going to say it's the offense that comes around and does it, or are you going to say a defense that has to replace most of the defensive front 
although you've got a couple guys coming in here on the transfer portal that could make a difference. Um, you've got changes to be made in the secondary, um, so you're really basing it off of experience really at linebacker where you got two really good linebackers coming back, and you got a lot of other young guys behind them um, that could could fill in there. Um, I think it's, it's going to have to be a – it's not going to be one side of the ball or the other. I think it's going to have to be a good job by both sides of the ball, not probably one side excelling over the other, but just getting the job done on both sides of the ball. Nothing flashy, not dramatic yardage, um, not dramatic defense, but just solid on both sides or at least gritty um, because I don't think – and. You know, I haven't even mentioned special teams. That's got to get squared away or else uh, Nebraska's in trouble anyhow. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the area. Mike Babcock's with us. HailVarsity.com and Magazine at MD Babs on Twitter. Mike, uh, one guy that's going to be a, you know, a bedrock or, or that, uh, that pillar defensively is Garrett Nelson. He has continued to just grind and get better and, on field, it's shown. Off field, he's a guy guys will listen to as well, and that that is what you want, and it, it makes you smile if you're a Nebraska fan because he's a Nebraska kid. But speak a little bit to uh, the the unveiling today of the Hale Varsity Yearbook. Uh, I love the yearbook. You and the staff do an amazing job of coverage and insight and preview. And then the, the cover reveal is always fun, and that was released on Hale Varsity's Twitter handle today. But uh, tell me a little bit about the, the, the thought that went in to, to Garrett being on the cover this season. I'm not arguing. I'm not against it. I think it's a great call. But uh, from your perspective here, was it an easy call to put Garrett on the front? Well, yeah, I think, he, I think it's reflective of, you know, kind of what we're talking about. You know, he's a gritty guy. He's always getting better. The thing, you know, there's an anecdote in the in the story that Aaron wrote about him. Um, and I guess I can share this. I don't know, but it reminded me of a of a story that uh, uh, happened long ago. But um, you know, he, he, from the minute he got on campus, from the minute he started practice, he was going full speed. You know, he was knocking teammates down and getting up and going at them again. You know, just in practice, and and, and people were saying, "Hey, you know." These are teammates, you know. It's, back off a little bit. It's kind of the way he approached things. And I remember the exact same thing happened when Tom Rathman came here as a freshman. He never let up in practice. He was 100% all the time. And I think that that's reflective of why Garrett Nelson is, is, is on the cover. I mean, I think he's, he represents the Nebraska football team. If it can't be successful like we were talking earlier, it's going to be because enough guys have that kind of attitude that they're going 100 miles an hour all the time. Um, you know, they make the play and then they get up and they're back in the huddle, right, or you know, back at the line of scrimmage, ready to make another play. Um, I, I just think he characterizes that, and and you know that that inside linebackers, outside linebackers, that's going to be a strength, obviously, of the defense. And uh, you know, I think he's a plus. He's a personality. You know, there's a, he's got a great personality, really an easy guy to, to deal with. So um, it, it's funny how aggressive he is on the field and how he is off the field. 
Mike Babcock joins us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. That's a, that's a great anecdote on Garrett Nelson. Uh, I, I didn't know that. We talked to, to Rathman quite a few times. We always try and run him down Super Bowl time. And just a great dude. But So he was just mauling people, huh, Mike, when he got yeah, to Lincoln? Yeah, yeah. I, I may remember saying guys were saying, hey, back off. You know, this is practice. This, these are teammates or whatever. And he just he went percent all the time. That's the way he did it. And he wasn't even a starter then. I mean, he was just a, he was trying to earn a position. Um, but that's the way he played. That's mm-hmm. the way he approached the game. And I think that, you know, you saw what it did for his career. I mean, there hasn't been a better fullback at Nebraska than, than Tom Rathman. Um, just a tremendous guy. And he was a tremendous athlete uh, as well. You know, he looked like a high jump champion or something. I uh, forget what the deal was, but he, he was really a, a talented athlete in addition to uh, having that 100% all the time approach to things. I got a kick out of Rathman. Every time Madden and Summerall do a, a 49ers game, you'd have the Nebraska backfield. Madden would talk about eating at Grandpa's Steakhouse in Kearney uh, when he'd take the Madden Cruiser through. And then that Nebraska <laughs> backfield with, with Rathman and Craig. And then Rathman would have this giant armband and it said bruise crew and the not brew crew or booze crew but bruise crew because he was on the special teams and he'd go murder people on kickoffs it was it was pretty good mike about 60 seconds keeping with the bay area theme tell me about golden state boston give me a prediction uh golden state in seven because i have a lot of respect for boston after watching watching the last uh the last series man those guys you know and then and Derek White, all of a sudden, he comes up and, and is an offensive threat mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, they Boston has a lot of lot of uh, uh, offensive firepower, and and yet it's it's the defense that uh, that the Golden State's going to have to deal with, have to figure out. So I think I think the I think the Warriors will, will get it, but I think it'll go the go the distance. I I think it'll be a a really good. Uh, a really good competition. I've got a little bobblehead. I don't know where I got it. I found it. It's a Celtics bobblehead, and the back of the head is kind of broken <laughs> off. So that tells you that's gonna what that's gonna be. It's gonna be Golden State in seven. <laughs> it's been broken for a while. We'll just add that. Mike's not upset that Boston's the the opponent. <laughs> Mike, uh, we'll check in next week, bud. Thanks for for jumping on with us. Hey, thanks for having me. You guys, be safe. There he is, Mike Babcock with us. Mike Schuhart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Chewy will tee it up next. Calling all Storm Chasers fans. May 31st through June 5th, the Indianapolis Indians are in town for the first time this year at Warner Park. As an Omaha newbie, I attended my first Storm Chasers game earlier this season. And man, I'm telling you, they know how to do it right. The perfect family atmosphere with high quality baseball. I mean, you're watching future pros here in Omaha. What an awesome experience. And that's what it's all about. Join the Storm Chasers June 4th for Runza Night. Runza will be sold inside the stadium. Plus, you'll get to see your favorite players wearing some specialty uniforms. If that's not enough to sell you, you can even snag yourself one of these jerseys signed. I might add, after the game when they're auctioned off. It's all for a good cause benefiting the food bank for the Heartland. We'll see you there. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Back to your tail varsity road show here at Millard West. Uh, Legion baseball gets going here. Wildcats in the Remax Silverhawks. Elijah Herbal back at our ESPN Lincoln Studios. Coach McBride in about 20 minutes. Uh, we'll spend time with Mitch Sherman. We welcome in Mike Shuhart from Wilderness Ridge. Shuey, uh, just a gorgeous day, my friend. And I, I imagine the uh, the links are packed. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Anytime it's this nice out, time for golf, right? It is. Now, I, I played at the Kearney Country Club. Our old buddy Doug Duda snuck us on before baseball. And let's just say it's, a, it's an even race between Wilderness and Kearney for the amount of, of golf balls I've donated. <laughs> Come on. You, you know we'll lose golf balls when you hit it right down the middle of the fairway, right? <laughs> well, the problem is, is you, you got to hit it to the right fairway, Shuey. <laughs> oh, you're playing a little what we call army golf. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty wait, good. Wait, left, right, left, right. Oh, okay. okay. I was I was confused there for a second. No, <laughs> that's that's super accurate, actually. Shuey, <laughs> uh, 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 Jay Erickson, Jay Bird did play well. He went eagle, eagle to finish. Uh, and and I owe him a new Mercedes, so um, that that's that's where we're at with, with that. But it's an IOU; it's as good as money. Uh, so I, I'm interested, Chewy, in, in a lot of things. But I sent you that link from TMZ earlier today, and I, it's not like you're busy or anything. I'm kidding. Uh, but did you, have you ever encountered a gator on a putting green? I was mesmerized I by this story. No, I never have. I, I've seen them. I've seen them come out of the water, but never that quite that close. But that's quite amazing. See, I, I, I do it think it's scary. I do think it's funny you're asking the guy that still has his left hand that's a golf instructor whether or not he's ever encountered a gator on the <laughs> golf course. Yeah, <laughs> or on the putting green. No. Listen, here's the here's the story. You had a couple of golfers in Florida unexpectedly encountered. Uh, a real-life version of the Gator Golf, uh, a la Happy Gilmore, over the holiday weekend. The alligator straight up snagged one of their balls off the green and then waddled off with it. It didn't quite open its mouth, tempting you to reach in for it that got chubs. But it was it was uh, captured on Twitter video. Adam, one of the golfers, said, I, I hit a great approach. It hit the green. And while we were recording, the, go- the gator came up, snatched it when it came to rest, and then just took off into the water. So anybody you know mess with some wildlife? Did you, get a, did you ever get a, a, a goose or something? I mean, it's had to happen, Chewy. Yeah, not a gator. The only time I ever had anything was... Personally, I was playing in Texas for the, the tour qualifying school in Katy, Texas. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing on the tee box, kind of behind the tee box in kind of the long grass. I'm not sure why. I was just standing there. And all of a sudden, man, my legs started itching and biting. And I'm like, what the hell? And then they were all over me. So I stood on a, uh, a, a fire ant, whatever they're called. Ooh. So there I am on the 10th. 
taking my pants off, taking my shirt off, because I got all these freaking fire ants all over me, and I didn't know what they were. So it's like, and then somebody told me later, it's like, I hope you're not allergic to those because they can kill you. I'm like, great. So. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously I'm still here, so I'm not allergic to them. No, I'm I'm glad. I'm sorry that you had to to go strip poker and uh, on top of the the fire ant Dan. But did you come back with a magnifying glass and go to town on him or no? No, I tried to. I was very aware of my surroundings from there on, making sure I avoided them at all costs. <laughs> Should we a thought here uh, with the Saudi? Uh, tournament that's supposed to to, to get going, uh, the international series, and you, you've had a number of folks. Uh, I, I guess the term is defect. You had DJ Dustin Johnson, Graham McDowell, uh, just a couple of names, uh, and and you've had some sponsorships end with those guys. Uh, overall, uh, a number of guys uh, from the PGA. Uh, you've got Dustin Johnson, Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter. Uh, of course, Graham McDowell already told you about uh, Chase Kepka. Any of those names, uh, aside from DJ Shakya, what, what's your reaction here with these guys uh, uh, as confirmed for this first event coming up? DJ obviously is the most shocking to me. Some of the other guys. I highly kind of anticipated, you know, Kevin Na was in there. I think sure. I mentioned that, you know, um, the European players, not really that shocked because I think there's a loophole with the European players as far as their ability to still be able to play in some of the majors. Um, that's still yet to be determined. Um, but some of the other guys, they're just, I mean, they're good players, you know, they don't have the name and, uh, the the career that DJ obviously does. You know, Kevin Na, you know, he plays a lot, wins a lot of money, but never really in contention to win a, a major or be a Ryder Cup player. You know, the European guys, I don't think it's going to affect them nearly as much, and their allegiance is probably more on that side of the pond than on this side of the pond, so it's not as big of a deal for them. You know, and all the all the American players, other than DJ, you know, they're really not that. I hate to say not big names, but they're they're not Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth and players like that. So DJ, that's. I mean, that is surprising, but at the same time, it's not. He's about as smart as a box of rocks, so that. Doesn't surprise me. Well, Mike, with with another young guy winning the the Charles Schwab this weekend, uh, and, and Sam Burns, do you think that this this Saudi tour could be clearing the way for the the future of golf, if you will? I think it's sure trying. I mean, it's sure it's sure trying to entice these guys, you know. So it's it's going to be very interesting to see what happens, you know, as time goes on. I mean, again, I keep saying that the leverage that the PGA Tour has, especially for the young guys is that those guys still want to win major championships. That's what golf is all about at that level. You know, they want to win a Masters. They want to win a U.S. Open. They want to win a PGA championship. And you have enough of the young guys that are at that stage that I think will will fight for that and respect that, you know, with Justin Thomas and, and Jordan Spieth and guys like that. So it's going to be an interesting 
fight as time goes on. Well, it appears we have some difficulties reaching Schmitty. Uh, Schmitty, you're back. The new, um, there you are. The, okay, we got you. Real quick, how are things uh, setting up here for you for the rest of the summer? They're going great. We're, we're right in the middle of our first junior camp, which is fantastic. We got uh, 75 junior campers, and we got about 20 peewees, we call them. So little three, four, and five-year-olds. We got that finishing up on Friday, and then next week we have our divot dog starting. So summer is ramping up. So it's been exciting. It's been fun. Great turnouts. You know, lots of enthusiasm and, and participation. So summer is going to be awesome. Well, we will see you soon, Shuey. Thanks for making time. You bet. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time here, Millard West is, well, this hour anyway. Charlie McBride, Mitch Sherman coming up. Reminder uh, about uh, buckling up. Use your seatbelt and say... Department of... Highway Safety Office. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find us, follow us on, find us on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter handle. We're streaming live there. Also on ESPN. And uh, yeah, do the uh, Twitter thing at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Talking with Tony and Jim. They're up here in the press box. We're debating whether or not to... Um, The nickname he is called by me is either G- So we have we have a chimp sound effect all queued up for when he gets to the batter's box. <laughs> and I don't know if we should go through with it or not. But but it'd be funny. He gets now batting Carson the monkey Schmidt and then we play this this crazy chimp sound effect. <laughs> would, would, but, it, would that embarrass him for his teammates? That was the question. <laughs> Oh, I think it'd be it'd be great. It'd be awesome. But then he'd probably go into some sort of funk and blame me for a failed baseball career. <laughs> so I, I don't know if it. I don't know if if I should do it. I think I'm scratching. It. I think I'm xing it uh, with uh, with Junior uh, at the dish here. Well, let me ask somehow, you, some way. Let me ask you this: Let him swing away, Schmitty. If you were. Picking your own walk-up song. Say you're playing for the Lincoln Salt Dogs tonight, and they ask you what should your walk-up song be. What are you going with? Uh, Boy Named Sue. Johnny Cash. Mm, good answer. Good answer. A L- little slow for me. I think I can no. beat, but... Well, Johnny Cash is... I, I, I love Pearl Jam. I love Johnny Cash. Big Doors fan, but Johnny Cash, when I was little, I'd go out to my grandparents in western Nebraska and Grandpa would farm for some of his buddies. So some of my earliest memories were actually listening to Johnny Cash on the road. That's why. And Junior listened to Johnny Cash when he was little in his car seat, but he didn't know it was Johnny Cash. He just said, Daddy, uh, which which frightened um, and he knows 
yeah, yeah, cocaine blues, Johnny Cash. Mm. So mm. there you are. Uh, we are going to have a, a good chat with Coach McBride. That is next. We'll also hear from Mitch Sherman. And then a on the way game presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hey, it's Schmitty. Want to tell you about a fantastic opportunity to work for a rapidly growing company that also enjoys the benefits earned with having competitive, stable history of work over 20 years? FSC. The FSC Edge, it's a leading technology innovator serving governmental agencies. Expert services helping worldwide patent offices meet strict processing and publishing timelines while delivering exceptional quality. They support some of the world's largest patent offices throughout the U.S. and Europe. That includes the European Patent Office, the German Patent and Trademark Office, and the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. The only group of companies worldwide to provide such support to all three of these agencies. Working at FSC, you have a chance to work with fun people with great attitudes and learn about patents. You're not on the phone, you're not customer-facing, it's casual dress, and the work environment, it's a new environment with over $2 million in improvements. You have access to generous benefits packages, company support for health and wellness, and you do impactful work on a national scale. Make a difference. Their team's constantly growing, and they're always looking for new people to join their mission. Check out what's available today at jobs at fsc.com. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Back into it. It's hour two. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Roadshow for me today is uh, Junior's team ready to take on Millard West for, for baseball. Coach, uh, a lot of baseball for me this summer as we say hi to Charlie McBride. How was your fastball, Coach McBride? Were you a pitcher, a catcher, uh, third baseman? What what type of what position did you play when you grew up playing baseball? Well, I was, I was, I was a, a pitcher and a center fielder, and uh, and you know when I got out of high school, it, it was interesting because uh, the the White Sox tried to sign me, and we went down to to the park to you know to hit hit some balls, you know, and of course when you get there, you know you got the team hanging out around there the batting cage and stuff like that. And you got, there was three of us and all of us were so scared. We didn't know what to do, but anyway, <laughs> but there was, um, so I, they gave us three pitches and then get out of there, kind of get used to it, you know? And of course I, the, the three pitches and how were, you know, how they pitch kind of about half speed. Stuff. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when you're first in there, it seems like it's going a hundred miles an hour. But uh, it, you know, I, I think I missed the ball the first three, first two by a foot. That's 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 all. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the second one I got a piece of, and then I as I got out of the cages, they had a big first baseman named Walt Turpo came over and said, "Hey, just relax." And 
you know, you'll be fine and everything. Well, then after that, it was, I, I did better, you know, but, but I didn't, I never did, uh, just never did sign. And it's funny because when you talk about signing, they talked to my dad and I about signing for $500 to the rookie league. <laughs> and I don't think my dad went for that when I had a scholarship, <laughs> you know, so that didn't last long. But Paul Richards had a thing in, um, who was then, I don't know whether he was general manager or the man or the manager, but there was a thing in the paper about the three of us. And they said, I could throw a baseball through a brick wall, but he didn't know what part of the wall it was going to hit. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's <laughs> kind of a compliment and kind of a backhand, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You didn't want me to get too far ahead of myself. <laughs> as long as the wall's real tall and wide, he'll throw it through. That's right. <laughs> well, that's that's awesome. I knew you played baseball, and you know, growing up, did you did you go to a lot of White Sox or Cubs games? We did. We went. I, you know, to be honest with you, I've been to one Cub game my whole life. But the White Sox games we went to because uh, one of my friends' dad across the street had season tickets, mm. and and we did go to about every you know, White Sox Yankee game I that bet. was at that was at then Comiskey Park, and you know, uh, I I think the first time that I that I went, I think a guy named Whitey Ford was pitching for the for the Yankees, and you know, and it was. You know, pretty interesting because he was at at that time probably the best pitcher in the American League. He's my so, dad's favorite pitcher, Whitey Ford. Absolutely, yeah. So anyway, and then I found out that Sherman Lawler, the catcher for the White Sox at the time, he had to hit a hit a triple to get the first base. Just that he was that slow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I found out you didn't have to run fast, I guess, to play in the majors. <laughs> you just hit it far. That's pretty good. Yeah. So you uh, were you a big Mickey Mantle or Roger Maris or uh, Whitey? Yeah. Who, who was your favorite Yankee? Well, uh, Mickey Mantle started it out, you know, and, of course, he was, you know, he was thing. But my favorite player was uh, kind of like, you know, a young man's hero is Ted Williams. Okay. We used to get on and watch him uh, batting practice. I mean, that was a big thing when Boston. And then there was a player that played for the University of Colorado um, named Carol Hardy. Carol played both for the 49ers and for the Boston Red Sox. And uh, wow. we, we we got to be very, very good friends all all through his life. And um, he ended up be actually being a scout in the NFL and uh, worked for Denver for 25 years. That's imp- coach. You just know about everybody. That that was impressive to uh, to hear the stories and, and talk a little baseball. Uh, you have a, a big weekend this weekend for Nebraska football with a lot of high school kids, local kids, in-state kids that are going to be uh, <laughs> getting a chance to to do some uh, some camping, some Friday night lights work, which is uh, which is fun and. I also look at kind of the bigger picture right now is is winning time, isn't it, Coach? A lot of the work that needs to go in happens and starts right now with this team as they get ready for a very important season. Well, I, I think this is the most one of the most important times for the beginning to set up some type of chemistry 
uh, as you know, we got, uh, I don't know whether it was 10 or 12 guys coming in that, that nobody really knows and they don't even know each other. And, uh, and that's, that's really important because here you are going over and playing a, 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 a big 10 team right off the bat. And there'll be some guys that have never even talked to other people, I think on the team. And that's, that can happen. So the summer is really important that they get to know each other, you know, and, 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 and create some kind of chemistry because sometimes bringing people in on top of players that are, that maybe think they're going to start and then end up not doing it sometimes can be a little tough on, you know, on the feelings of some younger guys, especially the young people. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a kind of a contest if you don't consider all these things, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work very well. You have to, you know, you have to be, uh, be careful, you know, what you say and what you do and, um, and things like that. So you aren't really offending anybody or, but you have to be honest with them. Sometimes, like I've always said, I told my players, sometimes I'm going to be brutally honest with you. You know, it's in other words, you probably aren't going to play much or something like that. And I've done that, you know, to some to guys and, I, I don't remember. I don't remember, but one kid ever quitting, and um, that, that I can remember that that I, that I had. I had a couple of walk-on kids from out of state mm-hmm. that came, but they moved to other positions and stuff like that. So, uh, and they did end up not leaving, but you know, the walk-on system was 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 really had a lot of kids from in-state that probably made us a good football team because they were the backbone of the of the Nebraska teams then. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, you, you hit on something that uh, was going to get into, and that's the in-state part of this Nebraska equation. And uh, along with the, the summer chemistry work, it's also summer magazine and off-season chatter time. And and you have some prognostications out there, and one guy that's getting a lot of looks and accolades is Garrett Nelson from Scotts Bluff. Garrett's uh, been in the program four years; will have a fifth year, and he's projected to be a, a first-team All Big Ten performer. You've seen him just keep getting better and better. What's um, what? What do you think about this season for him? What, what's what's going to be important for him uh, when it comes to this football team beyond beyond just the the, the numbers and the, the physical snaps? He's got to be a great leader, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, the thing you don't want to do is be somebody you're not. Sure. You want to be yourself, and 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 you've already made the impression with the players, uh, you know, the younger players that have that come along behind him and. And of course, the older guys, of course, have known them since day one. But uh, that—that's the that, to me, that's the most important thing. Don't try to do something more than you've done already. And and the thing that's important is that you just focus on yourself because you're going to be the example of 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 what's going to happen. I mean, people like that are, are really, you know, really more important to the team than they think they are. I think sometimes, and and it it works out that way, and and you'll find out that a lot of the guys that hardly even talk are the leaders. You know, they don't say much. Uh, they might they say something on the sideline to each other, but they're not you know, vocal. They 
they're not showing off or doing anything. They just play football. And, and I think that that's, that's something I think that, you know, no, uh, Nebraska's kind of been known for, you know, a little bit of, uh, of, of not, you know, being somebody that, you know, showing off or doing things that, that probably aren't, aren't right. And a lot of them, I remember they made the rule. Now you could do something, but you couldn't be on the field. So <laughs> guys were getting off on the sideline and making the pool of themselves over there. So it didn't make much difference, but I think the biggest thing is with him is, is that he, he really, he has the ability and he knows what it takes to, what kind of shape he needs to be in to come to camp, mm-hmm. not get in shape in camp. You don't, yeah, you know, that isn't going to work. And so I think that that's, you know, he knows all the, the, the rules and the tricks to get ready to play. And I, I just, to get, to get reading your, your art yourself about yourself in the paper is mm-hmm. probably not something you really need to believe all of it. He, he doesn't strike me as that type of guy to get too big ahead. He's just kind of a, a hard worker and and what he just wants to win uh, is how I kind of interpret Garrett Nelson. Charlie McBride's with us, coach. How did the uh, the coach McBride workout plan go for guys who came into camp out of shape? Well, they just ended up dictating about what's going to happen to themselves, not a coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to find out that they, you know, if they're just if they if they're folding up in the middle of practice, they're not going to perform like they want to. Mm-hmm. And of course, you're not going to see them at their best. So, I think basically you tell them, and uh, you know that that they didn't do their part. But I think in the summertime. I mean, we had a good workout program. In fact, one day I was walking through the stadium when we were work, finishing our workout, and the guys are running up and down the steps. And and um, you know, here here all of a sudden I looked up and there's a whole bunch of girls running up and down the steps too. I mean, and they were at I didn't know who they were at first, but it was our volleyball team, and 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 they were working in summer workouts, and you know they were running the steps too, and. and it was kind of interesting to watch because I think they 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 kind of be in there push the guys a little bit. Well, the, did you start running with them? I had to get off the field because they're not supposed to be there and not supposed to talk to anybody. So we just walked through there, like you know, we're we're going from one locker room to the office. You're or just something. passing through, right? Yeah, right, just passing through. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, to, to wrap up, you mentioned about this time of year so vital for chemistry, and you're so right on with the, the fact that there's, you know, 15 new players, uh, transfers, portal guys. What about the coaching chemistry? Because you have new faces on the offensive side, a new OC, a new O-line coach, a new receivers coach and passing game coordinator and and then of course you have Whipple the offensive coordinator is that something that the 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 staff will work together this summer as well to help their chemistry well that'll that'll help the way the rules are set now I think they have more connection with the players they'll be able to find out more about them as people too Mm -hmm. that's that's a big thing um sometimes I I read a little article about you know, a couple of them working out down in Texas and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. That 
to me is not a, is not the thing to do. I don't think. I think you can do those things after practice and stuff like that. I I would hope that you know that they're doing it now just because the reading hasn't started yet sure. per se. You know you don't know, but I think it's really important because I think you know when you have a lot of players on the team, it's it's hard to get to know everybody. And not so much the coaches knowing their positions, but even with the coaches knowing guys on offense and defense and, you know, as you talk to each other in the hallways and try to get to know each other and make them feel more comfortable, if they know everybody, it, it's a lot easier. You feel more of a family. Coach, uh, Nebraska is unveiling their new license plates. They did yesterday. Uh, the design has been met with mixed reviews. If you could, if you could put one defensive player on a license plate, who would it be? One of your former players? Oh, could a player on a license plate? Yeah, a player well, or, a, or a moment on you know a black shirt moment. Well, you probably have to go back, of course, with a Nebraska kid. Probably you know you somebody like way back Kerry Winemaster or Rob Stuckey or one of those guys that, you know, that really were, you know, they were all, they were all big eight players and Mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, But, you know, then you have the Peter brothers, you got Neil, Neil Smith and, you know, that I had, um, you know, and Kenny Graver and yeah, there's, you could just go down the line and, you know, you can't pick I could never. I don't know how that how people ask me who was the best player. I could never pick one out because, uh, you know, they all were guys that, was, you know, really a good player, and it, he'd, he'd be a guy you'd consider putting on, on the license plate okay. too. All right. And, and Mumford, you know, he was a Colorado guy, but he still was, you know, he was he was he's loyal, and uh, you know, he he was a heck of a player. Well, there we go. There's a list of choices. Coach McBride with us. Coach, we'll talk next week. Thanks for a few minutes. Okay. Well, I'm glad to be with you. I'll talk to you next week. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, Hale Varsity Radio on the road, a little Legion baseball Underway, we say hi to Mitch Sherman with The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how's the week been? What do you know? Week's good. Feels like summer. I'm uh, Got the kids off, doing activities. I'm able to get a little work done. Got uh, Husker football camps and recruiting, kicking into full gear, college world series around the corner. I I'm, uh, feel like I'm in my element right now. Well, what's your uh, real quick take on on the Big Ten and, and just two bids uh, about right or a slight? Mm-hmm. How do you read into the uh, the field of sixty four for baseball? Well, I think in a vacuum, like in a in a in a small viewpoint, 
it's easy to look at Rutgers and Iowa and say, what could they have done? Uh, they should have gotten in. Um, but this is the reality of college baseball, and it's what Big Ten teams face because of the lack of overall strength of the conference. And, you know, as Nebraska did in starting in the Darren Erstad years, and it's carried over with Will Bolt, you've got to schedule tough at a conference. You're not going to get in based entirely on your body of work in Big Ten play, or at least you can't count on that. There are maybe years where that happens. And we've seen the Big Ten go through some ups and downs. Obviously, Michigan getting to the championship series of the College World Series was was the ultimate up for the Big Ten in recent years. But not every season is going to be like that. And the overall strength of the league, in part because of what Nebraska did out of conference, uh, is w- was not on the upswing this year. So that in turn, hurts the rest of the league. Uh, and not that it's Nebraska's fault that Rutgers and Iowa didn't get in, but the Huskers didn't help the overall strength of the league with the way that they played early in the season. So this is, this is it. This is the reality. If you're in the Big 12, if you're in the SEC or the ACC or the Pac-12, any other Power 5 league, and you have 40 wins like Rutgers did, you don't have to worry on Memorial Day. But that is not uh, the, way it, the way it works in the Big 10. Mitch, going to turn to Friday Night Lights. Uh, a lot of in-state talent uh, going to be on hand. Who are you most intrigued in this weekend uh, from an in-state standpoint? Is it is it Malachi Coleman? Is it Knudsen? Yeah. Uh, you zero in on a Mav Noonan. Uh, where where's your antenna going to be? Yeah, all three of the above. Um, you know, they play they play different spots. Uh, you know, Noonan and, and Coleman are both guys who can get after the quarterback um, as defensive players, but they're different kind of players. And, you know, Coleman very well may end up being a wide receiver. I mean, he's just got – he has the, the um, you know, the world at his fingertips, so to speak, as a, as a six foot five guy who can run a 10-4, 100 meters. I mean, it's it, – really, when I I – was, I, was, I was looking at some of this earlier today um, as, as you know, he gets ready to, to take an official visit to Nebraska this weekend – Look, if if he was in in Georgia or Texas with those kind of numbers, I don't care if he didn't even play football, he would be a top hundred player in in the country in the rankings. Um, I mean, he could have he could have sat out his junior year, played in one game, whatever, and you flash up a twenty one four two hundred and a ten four hundred and say, oh, he's six foot five and 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 rangy. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a four star recruit at, at minimum, and the schools that are recruiting him have recognized that. You see a Georgia offer, you see an Oklahoma offer, among many others, on his list. So I'm really intrigued to see what comes of his recruitment, um, and it's a little bit shrouded in mystery because Malachi is is staying quiet publicly about uh, what he's thinking. Um, we know that he has strong ties in in, in Nebraska and has already begun. Um, some off-the-field work in, in, uh, in his hometown of, of Lincoln. So that bodes well for the Huskers. And, and, and you know, honestly, the positions that he plays as, a, as an athlete like that, um, it, it, it doesn't so much matter that there's uncertainty in the Nebraska program. Um, you know, if he comes to Nebraska and there ends up being a change because the Huskers don't turn things around under Scott Frost, his athleticism and his potential at either, on either side of the ball is going to play in any system. It's not like a quarterback who runs a certain kind of uh, offense and you wonder, hey, is this going to work for a different coach? So Malachi Coleman 
um, will, will work at any school, in any system, really on offense or defense. So um, that, is, that is the most intriguing uh, element in state to what's going on this weekend in Lincoln. But I'm, I'm, I'm almost equally intrigued with Maverick Noonan just because of, of the legacy uh, part of his story. His dad, Danny, the former um, you know, all-conference player, longtime NFL defensive lineman, and then, you know, the, the, the other offers that, that Maverick has, um, particularly from Stanford. Well, I, and I'd even put Minnesota on there because of, uh, you know, what Minnesota has done in recent years and, and becoming a physical presence in the Big Ten West. I think that will appeal to Maverick Noonan when he sees the Gophers. But at Stanford, um, for sure. Um, and knowing that a guy out of that, out of that same part of Omaha in West Omaha, Harrison Phillips, uh, a few years ago uh, from Millard West, went to Stanford, and is still playing in the NFL, and is somebody that Maverick looks up to quite a bit and has worked out with. Um, that, 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 to me, uh, you know, makes Stanford – Stanford is an intriguing option for anybody at any time who has the, the opportunity to go there. There's more reason for Maverick Noonan to be intrigued by it. So, um, obviously, there's a Nebraska connection, and then you throw in those other schools. Both of those guys, uh, Coleman and Noonan, their recruitment, you know, ranks among the most interesting stories to, to um, you know, at play for in-state players in Nebraska in, in quite some time. Mitch Sherman's with us from the Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. I, I did not know of the the Phillips Noonan connection. We're uh, here at the mm-hmm. uh, Millard West press box right now, the home of Harrison Phillips, and um, you know, he he really thrived at Stanford and. Mitch, he's on to a, a monster second contract in the NFL after great years in Buffalo. So uh, whatever advice is asked for or given by Harrison to Noonan on top of the workout routine together is is pretty impressive. Want to get your thoughts on, on where things sit with the SEC as we look at college football big picture. They've had their spring meetings and – Jimbo's moved on, and Nick uh, Saban spoke yesterday. Uh, I enjoyed the seating chart that was tweeted out <laughs> with, the, with the coaches and uh, some of the uh, the SEC administration. But what do you believe? Do you believe the SEC would go out on their own and have their own playoff and then take on who is the perceived best of the rest? Or do you think things will work out for the better? big picture with college football with some uncertainty postseason-wise? I don't think the SEC is going to go out on their own. And, you know, that story, I think Pete Thamel reported it um, from ESPN mm-hmm. last week. Somebody else asked me about that last week, and I didn't even know what they were talking about. And, and, that's, and that's probably more um, a, uh, a commentary on me, and I, I, I may have been focused on other things, but <laughs> I was caught off guard um, by even the suggestion um, I, you know, I, I, I guess I would call their bluff on that if I was the rest of college football. Like, go ahead. Take your 16 teams. Go have a playoff. Do whatever you want to do. Like, yeah, you probably have the best team in the country. In any given year or any given set of years, probably more often than not, the best team in the country is going to come out of that subset of teams. But really, you're only about 25% of the major programs nationally. And maybe that, maybe that percentage will rise as some things change on the college football landscape over the next four or five years, you know, maybe it'll be reduced to 35 teams or 40 teams that are in the upper tier, the upper division 
Um, still, it's going to be under 50% for what's playing for the title in the SEC, if you want to call that um, you know, their, their own national championship. I, 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 don't, I think that's posturing on the part of the SEC. That, that sure, they, they're, they, they're going to talk about it. They're going to, they're going to envision this scenario. And there's great programs when you add in, well, before you add in, but especially after you add in Oklahoma and Texas. I mean, it would be a, a royal rumble to, to uh, you know, to see that playoff, the SEC playoff uh, unfold. But still, to take out of the mix the USC's of the world and the Ohio State's and Michigan's of the world um, and, and, you know, the schools that can, that can rise up in, in the state of Florida, um, well, <clears throat> not the University of Florida, of course, but Florida State, Miami, Clemson, all, all of the programs on the West Coast, um, I, I just don't see them separating themselves from that. And, you know, it's, it's a nice thing to talk about, and they can flex their muscles a little bit, but ultimately I think they're going to be a part of the bigger picture in, in, in college football. Unless they just want to completely buck the whole thing and say, hey, we're the, you know, we're the, we're the league between the NFL and college football. We're professional. You know, why even be affiliated with university if you're going to do that? They could just be the Tuscaloosa Crimson Tide and operate as some kind of a, uh, you know, barnstorming, uh, entity and, and and pay their players and not have to worry about nil. They, they may do better than the USFL attendance wise. I would uh, think you so, just yeah. never know. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, uh, real quick, uh, and get, and get uh, more more attendance. No, absolutely. Mitch Sherman with us from the Athletic uh, at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, uh, last thought with the new license plate unveil. I'm not going to ask you what you think of the design, but I am going to ask you. We started this late yesterday. If you had to pick one Husker moment or one former Husker to put on a plate uh-huh. uh, as, as, a, as a better option aesthetically, what would you go with? What player? Well, the first guy who jumped to my mind was Brooke Behringer. Um, okay. You know, you could, you could put Sam Fultz on the plate. Um, you know, I, I, think it's, I think it would be appropriate to go that direction um, and, and honor somebody who was no longer with us. And those are the two who jumped to mind because of their premature deaths. Um, mm-hmm. But I would also look at Johnny Rogers and his punt return. And, I mean, I think you could make a statue out of him dancing in the end zone um, in Norman in 1971. That would look pretty nice on a license plate, too. So that was, that, that was zero thought given to that before you asked me that question. Um, I didn't know where you were going when you brought up the license plate. Um, I think it's fine, by the way. I don't really care that much what my license plate looks like, unlike 98% of Nebraska. Me neither. But, but <laughs> if I'm going to go with Nebraska football on the plate, um, those are, those are the, the, that's the one moment and maybe the two figures um, who stand out to me. Well done. That is, uh, that is well said. And uh, that, that kind of blows out of the water my ideas. Uh, not that the punt return wasn't on there, but I don't know, maybe the Rozier run or Frazier's run see, against see, Florida. I, I like the, uh, the picture of all of Miami's defensive line on one knee on the ground with a, the Husker offensive line staring them down. I love that picture. I think I think that would be hard to see on a plate. I mean, you've got to be able to, uh, you know, unless you're just you're just tailing the guy right in front of you. It's going to be hard to make out. It's got to be something kind of, <laughs> which is why I, which is why one player in in, uh, in or one moment in in Johnny's uh, return comes to mind if you're talking about a play from a game. Mitch, we'll uh, do this again, bud. Thanks for jumping on with us. Guys, take care. 
Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us. Dr. Brandon, how we doing? I'm great, Chris. How are you, buddy? Good. You know, a lot of baseball going on. Got to go check out your old stomping grounds the past weekend for some baseball. And on our mind is uh, former Royal and current Royal, Zach Grinke, Dr. Brandon, let's talk about this uh, latest IL stint with uh, with Grinky. Fifteen days, and he's got a uh, a right flexor strain. What is that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so obviously he started out you know pretty well there for a while. Had about uh, maybe twenty eight innings or so. He's looking pretty good, low ERA, and he's just struggled here recently. Uh, but essentially, you know, as, as as he's dealing with right now, what they're talking about is this elbow flexor strain. <clears throat> we call it like a medial pronator flexor strain. It's kind of a common term we use in orthopedics. Basically what this is, if you uh, think about anatomically, if you kind of take and feel along the inside part of your elbow, and if you were to kind of feel the little bump that's on that inside part of your elbow, maybe move down about a half inch to an inch, and then you kind of take your wrist and bend your wrist down towards the palm side, you'll kind of feel some muscles flex there. That's the flexor pronator mass. And those muscles come up and kind of form one tendon and hook over that kind of area that you would call your your funny bone area, the medial epicondyle. Essentially, they attach there. And so very common in our throwers. You think about the – obviously, we've talked about this before, the force that grows across that elbow, especially to that inside. We call it the medial side. As they're bringing that arm through, you can see as they you know cock that elbow back, there's so much stress that goes through there. And then the other piece of that is as you bring that forward and then kind of snap the wrist off with a kind of pronation – or moving the wrist down in the palm direction, another kind of you know significant force is generated through that area. So it's definitely kind of an overuse wear and tear region. Um, once you kind of strain or stress this area, it doesn't have great blood supply, so it just takes long to kind of get takes a long time to get this to heal. Then you keep kind of banging away with all the reps that he's doing. Um, you know the big issue with these always is when you think about pain to the inside of the elbow. Most of the time, as in 90% of the time, it's going to be kind of more restrained, more muscular based. But then there's also some things you worry about where that ligament, the Tommy John ligament, if you will, or ulnar collateral ligament tends to get stretched and irritated in that same area. So you always have to be careful with those two things and trying to tease out, you know, which of these is the issue at this point. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us at Jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. Zach Grinke, our topic on the IL. With that right flexor strain, he had complained of tightness in his arm following Sunday's start in Minnesota. Got tagged for five runs, three home runs in just four innings. And and you're right, 
Grinky started off looking like his old self, but most of this year we're talking an 0-4 mark and a 5.05 ERA, and kind of to that point, you wonder how healthy he's been. You look at Grinky's career, Dr. Brandon, he's 38, and he's been really good at a lot of places. Is it age here? Is it overuse with the age as long as he's been throwing, or is this just pretty common and uh, one of many injuries that pitchers, no matter how good a shape or how cautious you are, can run into? Yeah, you know, Chris, those are all great questions. You know, I'd probably say a little bit of all of the above. Um, you know, you just think about the number of repetitions that have gone through that, that gentleman's elbow, and he really has been amazing in so many places. Um, so, you know, age is part of it. Um, you know, obviously the tissues over time become less pliable, more stiffness, more scar tissue, so it's easier to kind of stress and strain those areas. As you kind of read through a little bit of his history, it sounds like he's had some kind of elbow issues similarly mm-hmm. over the last couple of years that he had mentioned. Um, but there's just so much wear and tear and stress that goes to that area, you know, very common in you know, all the pitchers, especially at that level, to have had that. Um, then it just really becomes kind of the, the severity of it. How much does it kind of limit you? How much do you just ignore it as you're kind of going through the season? Obviously, you reach a point when maybe control becomes an issue or, or the big thing is really kind of more the velocity on your ball. That can become a big problem. Uh, but for him, it's, again, probably wear and tear. I mean, you look at a guy who's 38. He's had some incredible kind of volume that's going through his elbow and his shoulder over time. Yeah. 19 years and a lot of good years with Kansas City and, of course, the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks, also with the Astros and the Brewers and, and back with Kansas City. One-year deal, $13 million. We, we'd take that, you know. I mean, 13, <laughs> let's just hope he... He's done, a, he's done a great job negotiating his contract. Oh, always. <laughs> set the bar. Forever and always, man. Uh, that's about oh, right. So when we talk about this this flexor issue, this uh, this forearm issue... What's what's the timetable? I know it, we talked about 15-day IL. Great, but is he going to be as good as new in 15 days, or is there still some potential lingering issue? Yeah, you know, that, again, very, quite variable. Um, you know, you look at a guy like him, they didn't make any mention about, you know, if he was having some velocity drop or really kind of what level of pain he was having. Um, you know, I watched a few of his pitches he threw the other day, and he looked pretty decent. It didn't look like he was taking a lot off of it. And so hopefully they're just kind of catching us maybe early in the game. But if they're catching early, some mild information, they're being more precautious right now, then I think a 15-day return is the right answer and probably looks pretty good in 15 days. Um, but then obviously you go the other direction. If this is, you know, really sharp, really sore, maybe he has had a velocity drop and they just didn't mention it, um, then he could be out a month, um, could be out six weeks. And even at that, might just kind of linger as the season goes along. It's just so hard to you know, rest during the season. Um, at a high level like he's at. So it'll be interesting to see where he comes back. Again, I'll be optimistic here, and hopefully this is just kind of a little mild inflammation and they're protecting him, and hopefully he looks pretty good in 15 or 20 days. What's some common treatment? I mean, is this stuff you can inject to heal up? Is it more ice and heat and ibuprofen? Other than rest, what what are some uh, some options treatment-wise? Yeah, and so this space, this area responds pretty well to some modalities with therapies. You can use some you know, specialized uh, the thing we've mentioned before called iontophoresis, some kind of anti-inflammatory uh, 
device for you. Use some current to kind of push in some steroid over the area. Some topical, you know, anti-inflammatory creams can be helpful. Uh, just a little bit of an easy stretching routine is important. Uh, the other thing we can do, you mentioned injections. <clears throat> we never want to put any steroid shots over this area, at least not early on, especially a high-level player like that. It can you know, risk you know, some tears. Um, but this area does respond pretty well to some PRP. We've talked about that before. That, uh, basically, where you take someone's blood out, spin it down, take the top layer, and has some really great healing factors in it. Plate that derived growth factors, one of those that works really well. And so this can respond pretty well to that. And that's probably something they're talking about with him. Even some stem cells in the area. All those stem cells are kind of hit or miss on the research side, but PRP actually has some pretty decent data behind it, especially in this this uh, population of people. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us, a Jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. We're talking Zach Grinke as the Royals right now, an AL worst, 16 and 30, as uh, <laughs> they have tried to adjust, and it wasn't just Grinke, but also couple of different relievers on the injured list and uh, they've had to do some call-ups call-ups dr brandon to, to try and uh, band-aid some things we'll see if they get rolling and uh, and get on the right side of that column eventually dr brandon good to spend some time thanks for checking in on on on, uh, on grinky today you bet chris thanks buddy you guys take care like what you hear high quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at hail varsity I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr miss us come here brother give me a hug bring it in for the real thing we're on call for you catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio one final time here from millard west good stuff from mitch sherman and uh, Charlie McBride this hour, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We are in the bottom of the third here at Millard West as uh, Millard West and uh, the Remax Silverhawks. Two to one, Silverhawks lead in true Schmidt fashion. Junior uh, hit one to short, bases full, and he had to use both hands to haul, uh, you know what, to first. And uh, Elijah, you're an umpire. You've, you've been in the field before. And it was a bang-bang play, and man, uh, let's just say instant replay could have been sweet, but, you know, my other take. So a little bit of heartbreak up here in the booth for dear old dad between uh, commercials. Hey, I'm standing up for the umpire. I'm 60 miles away, but I, I know he made that right call. He he, he was spot on. You know, the ump made the right call from one ump to the other. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with the bases loaded, you know you're on your A game there. He he got that thing right. Well, he's got his mother's speed. I'd be reaching <laughs> for an inhaler. Kent emails in. If Junior gets a base hit today, it will exceed his father's high school career. Ooh. It's always a kind email from a lovable listener. And uh, so far, two to one, a couple of errors by Southwest, another hit batter. 
and uh, two on and no out. Uh, visitor coming to Lincoln this weekend. And you remember the, the area West Bloomfield, Michigan? Well, it's a hotbed for high school talent in the state of Michigan. And uh, Don Riola, Donnie's got uh, Amir Herring making his third visit to campus, which is big. Uh, of course, you've got Knutson from Scotts Bluff this weekend as well. Shaping up pretty good. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast, Hail Varsity Radio, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and uh, give us a rating. Good, bad, or ugly. We uh, love the feedback. Jump in, Elijah. What were you going to say, bud? Yeah, uh, just along with uh, you talking about Amir making his third visit to campus, Amir Herring. This is the first one his mom is going to be a part of. So that is also uh, big for the Huskers this weekend. Before we get out of here, though, I-, I wanted to pose the question to you. We got the match coming up tonight. We've talked about it a few times on the show. Rodgers and Brady, Mahomes and Josh Allen, who, who you got tonight? Whoever takes their forward to Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> then America's the winner. His kneecap. <laughs> then, then America wins, yes. No. I'm going to go with Josh Allen. Okay. Okay. We don't have to go staking a beer on this if you wouldn't like to, but I was going to go the other way. I was going to go Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, let's go staking a beer. Again, I like I like either fillets or strips. You owe me two. Well, it's fine. See, the, All right. How it's been going recently is whoever makes the pick first has been wrong, and you made the pick first today. So I was I was giving it up to you. <laughs> I think the arthritis will kick in something fierce for Brady and and Aaron Rodgers. The match tonight, of course, NBA action going on tomorrow. And uh, we're going to get back at you tomorrow. uh, Back in studio as uh, the bases are getting cleared now for Millard West. A nice double for them to get things uh, back in action. A Huda Media Production.